got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of a defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Oh, and he was absolutely knocked back into that tweet by Atwood. David Atwood has got titanium in his shoulders at the moment. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes magnificently on the Hello and welcome to another edition of the Bath Rugby Plug Podcast, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. I am joined on this Merry Christmas Eve by faithful fans Charlie. Hello everybody. And Tom. Hi everyone. Merry Christmas Eve gents. Uh, Tom, how are you mate? Yeah, very good. It was a Christmas present uh, come early uh, yesterday at the at the Rico Arena. We We drove all the way there with... I'd probably say some trepidation um, over the result, uh, given the recent form and you know the pressure that that's on Wasps as well. But um, yeah, it was fantastic to be in the minority in that crowd that uh, that went home happy. So yeah, very very happy going to Christmas tomorrow. And Charlie, you uh, you all set for Christmas, mate, down your end? Yeah, yeah, a bit a uh, bit cold. I'm in Wiltshire, so just drove down from Bath this morning, uh, calling you boys down the line. But yeah, as Tom says, very happy to have the win. Under the belt, finally. God, that was well deserved and needed. I think. I think we can all all say we're very happy with our blue, black, and white Christmas that we've all been dreaming of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was uh, it was really much needed that win, wasn't it, Tom? Um, you know, a, uh, a poor run of a poor run of uh, results for Bath with those two defeats against Leinster. Uh, Tom, what did you put down? What did you put the the win down to in the main? Oh, I think I think it was a number of things. So before the game, actually, I tried to tweet out. Um, you know, to the listeners, sort of the three areas where I thought that the game was won. And the main one of, of those, to be honest, was that we needed to dominate them up front. Um, and it's something we spoke about in last week's podcast. On paper, our front five did look to have the edge over over, over their front five. And I think that really um, sort of came to fruition, in particularly in the scrum and in the line-out. We bullied them up front. Um, we as, as, as we did against Quinns earlier in the season, which has probably been sort of our best game this season apart from, apart from that game, it was a win that was very much founded on a strong set piece, um, a power game up front. And then also we had a little bit more potency in terms of the attacking structure in our back line. So uh, that was good to see. I thought it was a well-rounded performance. There were still areas for improvement, but um, yeah, um, much improved from, from, from last week against Leinster. What, what do you make of it, Charlie? Yeah, I'd, I'd say largely the same. Uh, I think we definitely bullied them up front. We were we, we were winning the collisions. Um, it was quite it was quite an ugly game. It wasn't the prettiest one I've seen, but um, mm. the result was the main thing. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, our pack does look pretty gnarly. I think you know it's a pretty fierce bunch of guys to go up against, and uh, they definitely put their put out some solid performances and then uh, we were able to t- you know, take most of our opportunities a couple of missed kicks on goal but uh, we didn't we didn't really squander too many uh, of those scoring chances so uh, yeah I think uh, and defence defence tightened up a bit I, I was looking so I've been following our, our tackling percentages over recent weeks which has been they've been quite low we've been missing lots of tackles mm. and so uh, it was nice nice to see us uh, sharpening up our defence uh, weren't 
giving uh, Wasps any, any easy yards. Uh, they had to really work for it, mainly around the outside. Yeah, I think our defence was the, the thing that improved the most yeah. from, from certainly last week against Leinster at the, uh, in Dublin. Uh, very leaky defence on that occasion, but the defence against what um, what can be quite a potent attack in Wasps uh, with the likes of Elliot Daly, uh, Josh Bassett and, and Villy LaRue, we, we shut them down completely and, and didn't let them let them have any sort of time or space uh, in the back line. And that their try obviously came from from a from a driving mall. So so the way we marshaled their their backs, Tom, I thought I thought that was that was a, the most impressive aspect of the game, Charlie. Yeah, and a point to make on that that try, the try that they got off the driving mall. You can see the only real reason I think it happened is perhaps uh, because of the lack of experience on uh, Rory McConaughey. You can see he was he was marking that blind side wing, and mm. he just, he just obviously got too nervous, got drawn in to the to, to the to try and defend the mall. And as soon as as soon as he got sucked into that mall, the app opened up and it was taken by. Uh, Take very well with Thomas Young. So yeah. Was, yeah. In fairness to McConaughey, though, I think that if if Thomas Young hadn't peeled round to the space, I think they were going over anyway. They they built the momentum, and and whether they were going to get over or perhaps a, a penalty try would have been awarded because they they they'd got that shove, and obviously only a couple of yards from the line. Um, really, yeah. I think it was kind of inevitable yeah. that, that the try came there. Is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, is yeah, it? Is it? I agree with you. I was just thinking that's perhaps the only, the only <laughs> real problem that was uh, to be had in our defence but... yeah it's, 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 a, it's a very very difficult one to defend that to be honest um, because obviously your, your forwards get pilled around the side and then Thomas Young only had three or four yards um, to sort of to make it over over to the trial line there and that was a question of you know Nathan Hughes Dan Robson came on um, obviously who'd been out injured and, and we spoke about how strong potentially their bench would be coming off into that last 20 and coupled with the fact that you know Bath haven't um, been able to put together 80 minute performances consistently and that was always going to be a key moment whether or not we could sort of stem the flow of points when those those uh, impact players did come on mm. and you know although there was that try early doors from from the driving mall as you say after that point um we were able to restrict them um you know they, they didn't score any more points after that after that during that period so uh that was very pleasing and, and as you say the defense was really tight and uh, if we can play like that not many teams are gonna are gonna are gonna score lots of points against us. So really good to see. Yeah, I think our defence was was absolutely outstanding, and definitely a few individuals there who who stood up, and we'll pick them out a bit later on, guys. But um, on the other side of the ball, Charlie, uh, the attack, a uh, really nice try for for Freddie Burns. But what did you make of our attack this week uh, in general? Can you can you see a development there um, over the past few weeks? Uh, yeah. So obviously, tip of the hat to Freddie Burns. Nice to have a great uh, man mm. of the match performance. Fantastic solo try, um, but yeah, you, you can see you can see our game plans coming together a bit more in patches. There, I thought I thought in, in attack we were just running slightly more shapes. Uh, the, the structure seems a bit more. Uh, everyone seemed a bit more fixed into what's going on. Uh, we, we, as we've spoken about over the past couple of weeks, some people just haven't really almost been looking like they're going to even expect mm. the ball. Uh, but it was just good to actually. Paint more of a picture in attack, but what, what, what did you guys make of it? Yeah, I think one element of that. Sometimes we spoke that, that, that maybe they didn't anticipate the ball was coming. I think one element of that was that we, you know, we didn't throw one offload in the game, and, and by keeping the ball, the ball uh, tight. Um, 
and holding on to the ball in contact and, and just after contact. That meant that, that the handling errors were reduced massively, only six handling errors throughout the whole 80 minutes, which for half this season, fellas, six handling errors. It's normally six handling errors after 10 minutes, yeah. but only yeah. after 80 minutes is, is really good, and especially given the, the conditions at the Rico, which, which, were, which were wet. Uh, it got wetter, I think, during the day, Tom. And, and on the other side of that coin, you know, Wasps, 11 offloads during the game and 12 handling errors. Yeah. And, you know, those two things are certainly linked. And Tom Blackadder spoke about it after the game. It's about understanding the conditions, playing to the conditions. And it's something we've we've not been able to do, be adaptable to, to, to different circumstances. And I think, you know, we, we, we showed we're able to do that. So that was encouraging. You know, the other point I was going to make is, although we did lose, um, obviously, in, in, the, in the back-to-back game to Leinster, I do think playing a side mm. of that quality... Um, over consecutive games does almost bring your game to another level. We did obviously lose to them quite badly in Dublin, but I think the the game, the close loss in Bath, has really done us a lot of good, both in terms of confidence and also just in terms of bringing the level um, at which we're playing at just up up that little bit. And I think I think that was really evident against Wasps, who have really struggled in the in the Champions Cup and the and the Premiership of late. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Tom. I think. Uh, Playing a team like Leinster, is, it's going to really highlight the areas of your game that you need to work on, and I feel we yeah. have really worked on on our defence. We've just we've just praised it this week, uh, but you could see how much it meant to the boys after after the game, after the final whistle went. Real real solidarity there. I, I think this game almost highlighted like a, a a knife point in our season where it could have gone either way, bearing on on like. Excuse me, could have gone either way <laughs> depending on the result, uh, and it's really set, set us now in the kind of top half of the table. You can sort of see the league starting to uh, to take shape now. Yeah. It's been so congested uh, in the middle of the table that uh, hopefully we can we can you know, be regular regular top six um, for the rest of the season and move away up into that top four. We're only a point behind the top four. Obviously, your your your, your accounts your accounts for predictions not not quite gonna not quite gonna oh. come true then, Charlie. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> no, not quite, but it, but it was good. And it, and it shows, we, we've spoken all season about how tight those eight mm-hmm. spots in the Premiership are. And they are still tight, but I agree, they're starting to be a little bit more distance now between Newcastle at the bottom and the likes of us, Wasps and, and Gloucester up, up, up in third. So hopefully, and, and we'll speak about this in, in a little bit of the preview, but we have got some slightly easier games coming up. So obviously Leicester um, at home, which, which we'll preview. After that, it's Worcester away, then Newcastle at home. And then Northampton Saints away. Three of those teams that um, potentially are are struggling a little, a little bit for form. So if we can capitalise on on this next four games, then we could be right up there in the running with 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 the likes of Gloucester and in the top four. Yeah, you yeah more of that to come definitely, Tom. Later on in the podcast, you mentioned there, Charlie, the lads after the game looking pretty ecstatic. And let's now turn to to a few of the individual performances. Uh, Burns with man of the match, which hopefully one of you will cover off. But but a guy that I thought uh, personally was. Um, was unlucky not to uh, to get man in the match was Nathan Cat. Um, I thought he was I thought he was uh, outstanding again, uh, continuing um, continuing what's been a really good season for Nathan, uh, stringing together a run of games without injury, which has been extremely rare for him uh, throughout the throughout his whole career. 
um, dropped for, for the game, well, dropped or rested, we're not sure, for the game in Dublin last week. Came back with a bang uh, this week, I felt, in the loose, um, but especially in the tight. Our scrummage was uh, an area of, of real dominance for us. Um, you know, I don't know how many penalties we got from it, but it, it was certainly two or three or four penalties. Five, five scrum penalties, I think. Yeah, so really strong two in that area. Two or three area. or four or five. Three or, <laughs> two or three or four or five, mate, something like that. Um and yeah, I thought he was he was outstanding. Didn't didn't get his try, uh, which perhaps he deserved with the double movement. But uh, uh, Tom, I don't know what you thought of uh, as our resident tight head prop. I don't know what you thought of Nathan's performance on the loose this week. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he, yeah, <laughs> not much experience at playing top level uh, loose loose head prop. Uh, but but no, I, I I actually said to you boys a few days before before the game, maybe after a couple of beers one evening, that you know Nathan Cap was going to hold the key against Wasps and. We didn't really realise that Cooper Woolley would be would be coming back for us. Kieran Brooks has played playing the tight head, and, and Cooper Woolley is is one of the foremost tight head props in the league. And Nathan Cat absolutely bullied him. And mm. Eddie Jones has got to be uh, you know taking taking a look at that. And I think thinking he must be very near the squad, obviously with Joe Marler um, retiring from international rugby. It was brilliant to see Nathan Cat come on so strongly. And I also thought Henry Thomas on the other side. Um, potentially a bit of a mismatch there with with Ben Harris, who's probably third or fourth choice for Wasps. And he was also very, very dominant. And uh, yeah, it was an area of, of real strength for us, the scrum, which uh, uh, as, as an ex-tighthead prop, let's say, uh, is always, <laughs> always, always, always warms my heart. Charlie, who did you pick out uh, individually, mate, as a, as a standout from the game? Yeah, well, I, before you said it, I was going to pick out Nathan Cat, so that's uh, just going to rip up. Those notes that I had on him, mate, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Um, you make you notes. take notes, yeah. yeah. You don't make notes, Charlie. <laughs> uh, you don't make notes before the podcast, mate. Oh, of course I do. I, only only the highest levels of professionalism uh, have a mind uh, of, of broadcasting. Who was the but, second uh, best then, mate? <laughs> but um, no, thank you, was fantastic. But otherwise, no, you've got to say Freddie Burns really stood out, didn't he? Uh, he uh, took his try fantastically well controlled the back line uh, and I, I think it, it really complemented his game being able to have um, being able to have James Wilson yeah. uh, playing at 15 with him I think that sort of that sort of uh, structure in, in the team works really well especially when we've got the likes of, of Roberts and our other heavy carriers in pack who are getting over the game line and then when we really want to uh, when we really want, want to attack and try and spread the ball a bit more it, it, I think it definitely helps Freddie yeah I think Freddie did have a good game and I think you're spot on that he was helped by by James Wilson in the 15 shirt perhaps playing a slightly slightly different role to, to the one that McConaughey and Homer had played uh, earlier in the season for us at 15 uh, Tom who... be... I'm just, sorry, I'm just... just just on that point can I yeah, go sorry, mate, go to, sorry to butt in there yeah, on that point it'll be interesting when uh, when Watson does come back whether he will go into a fifteen, slot back into that fifteen jersey because he's not really, uh, he's not, he's not a playmaking uh, fifteen. So uh, it might be interesting one to, to, to see what kind of uh, what kind of game plan we'll go uh, we'll, we'll go for when Watson is back and we are back to full strength. We'll, 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 uh, probably, we'll probably have another injury by then, so it'll be it'll be <laughs> academic. But um, I think I think just in terms of the the, the role Wilson played as well. It is about being a play, another playmaker, but it's also taking some of the weight off Freddie Burns' shoulders in terms of the kicking duties. So obviously noted that Wilson kicked um, kicked the restarts and also kicked the majority of the of the penalty kicks to to touch. 
which you know just takes a bit of the pressure off Freddie Burns and allows him to focus slightly more on on the attacking play and also also his goal kicking, which was probably you know in terms of his attacking play was probably the best we've seen from him from him all season. Who else, Tom? Would... Probably doing wonders for your hairline, isn't it, Gabe? Not having to stress over Freddie Burns missing touch. <laughs> My hairline. Well, I t- I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what he was stressing about, and it was a question that I was gonna I was gonna ask ask you both, and that was about Captain Chudley. So, oh. been a been a fair oh. bit of criticism on this podcast from you two, or particularly you, G, of of Will Chudley uh, from when the signing was <laughs> announced. Drag me into this. Well, from when there's been there's been some doubts from you, Charlie, from when we you know from when the signing was announced up until up until this point. Now he's captaining the boys before the week. He's leading, you know, he's, he's leading the team out in his hundredth Premiership appearance. He's, he he could be a legend of the club by the end of the season, couldn't he, G? Yeah, I was surprised. I think is the word that I would use to to see that that Chudley was was captain, and that's not a slight on the guy necessarily. I, I've absolutely no idea about about his leadership qualities. I just think it's it's slightly odd that um, in a team with with the likes of Atwood, uh, Stook, and Lowe all in that pack that that Chudley was the man the man to to lead the guys out and and and, and we got the win and, and he had a, he had a good game I thought a few errors but I thought um at the end he he controlled the game well um and it was interesting to see that that Max Green didn't didn't even come onto the field I think that Todd was was quite happy with the way that Chudley was controlling the game and and, and seeing the clock out quite well at the end especially um just before just before the final whistle so so yeah decent performance from Chudley and and as we've said before we we, we don't know what goes on in the week um, we don't know who the big voices are in the changing room and therefore it's very difficult for us to comment on captaincy I just thought it was uh, slightly stri- well, slightly surprising that, that Chudley was the man um, to, to, uh, to lead the guys out but, but there we go yeah. Tom who did you pick out as, as a standout uh, mate? Another, another player that we probably haven't given enough, given enough credit to over the season because he has, he has played generally very well is, is Dave Atwood we mentioned him quite a lot more towards the start of the season. We had uh, a, a new listener, actually, Matt Warren, get in touch and, and sort of ask why we don't give him more credit for particularly his, his work in defence. And I thought he was really impressive in defence um, this or, or yesterday. Sorry, he, you know, he's, he's the sort of player that comes out of the line. His line speed was very good, makes the hit, puts the player back behind the gain line and allows the likes of Underhill and Lowe to get on the front foot to get over the ball and try and affect those those turnovers. So I thought Dave Atwood was led sort of that that defensive effort yesterday. The only caveat I'd, I'd, I'd potentially add to that is that he is sort of a culprit of those really frustrating errors that we we've repeatedly mentioned on the podcast, namely sort of the discipline errors. He gave away a couple of fairly stupid penalties and also that sort of idea that they don't quite know the ball's coming to them and he can be a little bit of a donkey sometimes <laughs> in attack with, with ball in hand um, but I think I think generally he had a good game and uh, if he can just maybe sharpen a little bit up on his on his, on his handling skills um, and his discipline then um, he could be a really important player for us going forward into the season I think Charlie how did you rate uh, Dave Atwood's performance mate? Yeah uh, really sorry what, what you said there Tom uh, he had, a, he had a fantastic game in defence yesterday, uh, put in some you know, big, heavy shots, wasn't giving away any inches uh, over that game line. And um, it, it is it is that discipline. There were quite a few penalties given away yesterday, especially at the breakdown. The referee was obviously very hot on it. And uh, I feel that we, we, we gave Wasp, certainly early on, a bit of a head start and a bit of a foothold um, to, uh, to, to, you know, other teams perhaps 
with uh, slightly more you know, bite about them might have taken more of an opportunity there. But uh, I, I thought, uh, all in all, he was it was pretty sound. It's it's such a competitive uh, area in the second row that uh, that it's 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 good to be able to have these guys coming in with the rotation. He, you know, it, it really drives uh, drives good performances with the competitiveness. Yeah, I think it's like sometimes reasonably difficult uh, when when we do this podcast to to pick out positive performances. But but this week for me across the board there was there was performances there was really good performances um, right right from one to fifteen and one to to twenty three even though that not all the twenty three got on. I think honourable mentions as well to to Elliot Stuke. Um, Jamie Roberts, who who I thought had a strong game, and, and Rory McConaughey uh, continues to look so assured in the back three. Uh, what must have been a difficult game in those conditions. So I pick out those three guys as honourable mentions, and I think right across the board it was a, it was a really good performance, lads. Uh, Tom, yeah, I'd probably like to quickly add Rocket Gooney into that list. I thought he had uh, one of his best games for a while. I don't know if you boys agree. Is he is he still his same sharp self? Yeah. A couple of occasions when he broke, I thought maybe the old Rocco would have would have got over. I'm not sure. What do you think about that? I, I mentioned it. Oh, sorry, Charles, I'll just, just tell you this one. I, I mentioned this um, last week. I think maybe it's either he's lost just that element, like, that yard of pace, maybe after his injury last season, or just that ability to to beat defenders sort of in, in a telephone box. He, he, he was very good. I, I think we should mention that for his, his break in the first few minutes, he was helped somewhat by a, sort of a Bath player who was coming back who opened up that whole for him a bit. I thought he looked good on the counter-attack and it was interesting that Austin Healy noted in commentary that out of all the teams in the Premiership, Bath have scored the most tries off turnovers. So, you know, that counter-attack obviously is something that, that we're very good at. I, I just think that some of those opportunities he potentially would have finished last season and, and in seasons gone by. So, uh, yeah, you know, as I say, he'll probably prove me wrong um, and be our top try scorer for the remainder of the season. But I think potentially he has lost uh, just a little bit of that pace um, that we've seen in previous seasons. Charlie? No, no, I, I, I'd agree with you. I, I don't think potentially. I think he, I think he has. Uh, he's, he's, not, he's, not, he's not the player he was three years ago, for example. But uh, I thought, considering the game, considering the conditions, uh, he played well. Perhaps, yeah, as you say, Gabriel, the old Rocco might have finished a couple of those opportunities. But I thought, you know, ran well. Plenty of meters gains, uh, and uh, I thought he had a yeah solid, solid performance out on the wing. Is there is there any negatives from this performance, fellas? I, I'm I'm I was pretty pleased leaving the Rico, so I, I'm oh, struggling to see it. Let's keep it happy. Can I just mention just to be oh, just to be yeah just to be sort of Scrooge a little bit. Just to mention a, just to mention a couple of things, and it 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 was improved, but it's the same sort of things that we've mentioned. But this I'll keep this very quick. But first things, just taking opportunities. Ten penalties from Wasps in the first half. Seven in their own half. And we were only able to score one try off that. We had some guilt-edged opportunities again, which we were better at taking, but which we we still, I think, I think should be taking. And uh, to be honest, I think I think that's the main thing I'll mention because we, we should be positive about this game. But I don't think we should get too far ahead of ourselves. Wasps weren't didn't have their best game. It was a big occasion for them with obviously a packed capacity crowd. And um, Da Young said after the game that they did let the supporters down a bit with with their performance. So while I think that was partly due to us. I do think that um, against better sides, we still need to be more ruthless in in taking those those opportunities that that now are presenting themselves. 
Yeah, it is Christmas. It was brilliant. We won. We're in the top six. Um, and the best thing of all, uh, I got my prediction, Bath by 10, absolutely spot on. So uh, <laughs> stay tuned for my, for my absolutely spot on prediction for, for, the, Le- for the Leicester game uh, to come later on in the podcast. Um, and and that, that, that winner at the Rico on Sunday capped off what was a, what was a fantastic weekend uh, for Bath Rugby. Uh, not just the, the first team with, with that important, that vital victory, uh, but also the the Bath United and uh, Bath under 18s played at the Rec uh, one after the other on on Saturday uh, against um, Exeter Braves uh, and Exeter under 18s guys and and, and put on put o- on over a hundred points on Exeter um, in two absolutely brilliant games. I'll just give the the details of the scores for for anyone that um, perhaps hasn't seen the scores. So. Um, Bath United beat Exeter Braves 42-7. Uh, a, a strong Bath United side again with the, the likes of uh, Darren Atkins, uh, Miles Reed, and Josh Bayliss playing, who, who we've seen in the first team this season. Um, and, and Bath under-18s also kicked off their under-18 campaign with an absolute thumping of, of Exeter under-18s, uh, 64-7, um, with uh, centre Max Ajomu, uh, son of uh, Steve Ajomu, uh, the former Bath back rower, uh, starring in that performance. Um, a bit of credit, I think, here, Tom, to, to the work of the academy uh, and the work of, 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 of the coaches uh, at that level. A really good weekend for the club. Fantastic weekend all round. And we speak about the first team almost exclusively and, and, and we definitely don't mention the academy um, enough. And it's great to see them sort of get the exposure um, and the publicity that they deserve on social media. Brilliant to see some familiar names um, in that Bath under-18 side. Not 100% sure if they are relations, but, um, <laughs> you know, all the same. Xavier Hastings playing at Flanket. Anyone know that's a relation? Um, and Will Cook at Scrum Half. Could that be <laughs> the younger brother and Scrum Half uh, of Scrum Half, Chris Cook? Tweet us at Bath Rugby Plug <laughs> if you've actually done some research into this, unlike me. But um, no, brilliant to see. Um, let's really hope that the under-18s can, can push on. Some of those guys will obviously be moving forward um, in, into academy contracts next season. So uh, hope to see a lot more from those guys. And uh, yeah, really, really nice pr- Christmas present. 100 points on uh, Exeter Chiefs um, mm. uh, over those two games. Yeah, I think I think what is most important um, with stuff like that is, is the exposure that, that that must have given them. Uh, uh, the Saturday before Christmas at the Rec, no home game for Bath. So it's a really good organisation, I think, from from the club to to have both those games. And and what I believe was was quite a good turnout, putting them back to back. It's a really good idea and a really good way for for the players uh, to play in front of a big crowd and a really good way for for supporters to to see to see the the, the future stars of, of the club. So uh, brilliant weekend for Bath. Uh, not often we've said that this season. So um, really happy about that. Now then, Tom, um, I believe you've uh, prepared something uh, festive for us uh, on this Christmas Eve. Uh, what have you got for us, mate? I have done. So it will follow the traditional Who Am I um, game that we played a couple of times on the podcast. So hopefully sort of listeners are, are sort of familiar with that. I'll read out a fact about our player. Um, and because Charlie's down the line, I think it's only fair that we go um, alternate with this so that G doesn't have sort of more time to, to react Um to these so I'll say a fact G if you want to have a guess and then I'll pass it on to Charlie once one of you gets it you can then for an extra bonus point (laughs) and this is the festive twist you can then for an extra bonus point guess how I have adapted the full name of that player to 
be Christmassy. And I, I will warn you at the outset, some of these, some of these, I have scraped the barrel a little, but um, yeah, a bonus point. And I might even give two bonus points for some of these because some of them are quite quite tough but um can i can i just quickly apologize in advance to all the listeners for <laughs> probably what it's gonna be uh <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm just i'm just quite worried but uh let's let's see what you got tom let's let, um, let's start off then okay luck. so uh the first one um and gee you can uh, you can you can go first on this one so his grandfather jan pickard was an international <laughs> lock during the 1950s his grandfather, Jan Pickard, was an international lock during the nineteen fifties. Okay, well, I've obviously got no idea. You gonna have a, you gonna you gonna have a guess for that one? No, uh, no. Okay, uh, Charlie. Uh, next one for you. He weighs one hundred nine kilograms. Go on, now have, have a stab kilograms. in the dark. Uh, so I just have a complete guess. Go on then. Um, uh, Dave Outwood. Dave Atwood, I think he'll be more like 130 after after Is Christmas turkey. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, after um, I'll, I'll, I'll just spell it too long. Just because of a grandfather playing lock. No, no, no. <laughs> so he joined Bath. Let's just open this to the floor now. So have have a guess um, to these, um, and and first one can have a stab at the at the festive twist, and then we'll open it up. So he joined Bath in 2011. Uh, go on, boys, have a guess. Um, Jonathan Joseph. Nope, Charlie. Uh, Anthony Watson. No. Okay, this next one uh, might give it away. He's out of contract at the end of the season. Um, Ross Batty. <laughs> the entire Batty. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to get another fact up here. <laughs> Just that. Well, yeah, we have the Christmas the Christmas twist. Um, okay, he's been he's been capped for South Africa this year. Francois Lowe. Francois <laughs> It is it is Francois Lowe. Due to the lag there, I think Charlie was. I think we'll call that roughly a draw. So, uh, do you, do you both want to have a guess how I've, how I've put a Christmas twist on that? Oh, Francois Lowe. Uh, uh, I have no idea. What rhymes with low? Blow. No. Francois, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually probably better than what I went for, but uh, yeah, we'll give, I'll give the point to Charlie there. It, I actually, I actually went for Francois Snow. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> okay. Um, next. That's that's one one point to Charlie. Right. Next one. Um, so he was born in Bridgend in Wales, but represented England at under 16, 17, and eighteen level. Well, it's not so easy um, on the receiving end, is it, chaps? Um, okay, go on. Let's, let's clear, please. He then turned down an approach from Wales to be a member of their 2017 summer tour. Ooh. Turn, he, he turned Wales down? Yeah, he turned Wales down uh, for their summer tour squad of 2017. So he must, he must have some uh, English ambitions then. Wasn't uh, Ben, wasn't ben Barno, was it? Oh, I've got it, Max Clark. Correct, Max Clark. Oh. It wasn't Benovano, it was Max Clark. And how have, how, have I, how have I adapted that one, Charlie, for a bonus point? 
Max Clark. Uh, I'll give you. A, I'll give you a clue. Max, Go on. Max Hark, the Herald. Oh, oh, what a shout! <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? That's an inc- yeah, That's correct. That's an incredible shout. Amazing. <laughs> Brilliant, oh. absolutely brilliant. So Charlie moves into a 3 0 lead, and G's, G's going to need some bonus points now. These oh bonus God. points are harder to come by right. than it's been for Bath to get a try bonus point oh, this yeah. season. Okay, so the next one, and Charlie, that's a very impressive uh, start from Charlie. So the next one, first fact he played in the Ulster Senior League in 2011 2012. And if you're playing on at home and you can get that, then. Fair play. Take, your, take my hat off to you. Okay. Uh, next, please. As an amateur, he played for a Pretoria police team before turning professional. Jacques Van Ruyen. It is Jacques Van Ruyen. Oh, good, wow. Good shout. And uh, the Christmas oh. twist? Jacques Van Ruyen. How have you got Jacques Van Ruyen? <laughs> this, is, this isn't great. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jacques Van Rudolphen. That is that is, that is it. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Written down there, Jack Van Rudolph. <laughs> Technically not your go, but that is that is so that's so incredible. I'll give you the point. Um, we'll give, I'll give you both a point there. I, I, I'm actually I'm actually embarrassed that I've got I've got that right. You are incredible at this. <laughs> you two are so weird. <laughs> Um, so it's 4-1 now to now to Charlie going into the last uh, the, the last um, the last question number four so first fact he made over 100 appearances for his former club his former club okay okay before joining Bath he had never played before in a top flight domestic division Victor Delmas it is Victor Delmas Oh. Very, very good shout. And uh, any other, <laughs> any, any guesses? For, Charlie, just give G a chance on this one. Any guesses for Victor Delmas? Um, Victor Delmas, Christmas twist. Um, I've absolutely <laughs> no idea. Charlie. It's yeah, this one. Go on, Charlie. Victor, Victor. Christmas. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Correct again. Incredible. <laughs> No. <laughs> we know what you've been spending your Christmas Eve doing, Charlie. <laughs> Absolutely bizarre. Exactly, exactly, exactly the same thing as me is the answer. What's that, mate? It's actually just it's just all those notes I said I had. Um, it's just actually Christmas puns on every single one's name. Well, in fairness, that's that's all the research I've been doing for for the podcast this week. But um, no, so Charlie, uh, five five two that is, and very impressive performance. I think uh, I did have a little bit of uh, help with this, so uh, thanks to those involved in that some honourable mentions um, that we decided not to include Nathan, Nathan Catalar Lowing <laughs> what Elliot Stocking <laughs> and probably the worst one that we came up with but we were we were scraping the barrel at this point Jack walking in a winter wonderland <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Oh, I think Absolutely this, is, this is a real, real low. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fantastic. Gosh. I asked, I, I put a, a comment on our WhatsApp group at the start of the week if uh, if it would be good if someone could come up with a, a Christmas-based quiz for the for the club. And that's what you came up with, boys. So so thank you very much for that, fellas. And really enjoyed that. So, um, yeah, more quizzes to come uh, in the new year as we continue on with the, with the Bath Rugby plug. 
Um, and now let's look ahead, fellas, to, to another... Uh, try and recover yourself there, Charlie. To another um, game, another key game for Bath against a, a team that is in and around us in the table, like it was uh, at the Rico on Sunday. Uh, we welcome uh, the, the Leicester Tigers to the wreck on Sunday the 30th of December, Tom. Um, where, where do you think this one uh, is, is going to be won or lost? I think, again, you know, before the Wasps game, we said it can be quite difficult to predict when both teams are out of form. Both teams have been, have been hot and cold. Le- Leicester probably, uh, there is no better example than, than Leicester as, as far as that's concerned. Really struggled in the, in the Champions Cup home and away against a very strong uh, Racing side. And then the week before that, lost heavily to Bristol at Ashton Gate. But, um, you know, bounced back, um, beat uh, Harlequins at home comfortably um, on Saturday. So they are very mercurial. They are very difficult to predict. And they, they do have a lot of firepower. The likes of Ellis Genge, um, the baby rhino coming back. Manny Tuolangi uh, finally after all his injuries, um, finding some form. And as Bath fans, we know how dangerous George Ford is at, at fly half. So um, it, it's going to be a difficult one. I think we, we do have a very good record against Leicester at home. I think there's something about the Tigers coming to the wreck um, that gets the, gets the blood going, probably like no other team. Um, and we haven't played them at the wreck in, in a few seasons, obviously, um, being at the clash for the last, the last two years. So it's definitely a big, big occasion at the wreck um, on, on the 30th. And uh, I think with the newfound confidence we've got from the, the Leinster close game and also from the, from the Wasp game yesterday, um, I'm expecting a really big performance. And, uh, you know, we spoke about memory lane and the big victories that we've had against Leicester in the past. Wouldn't it be a fantastic way to round yeah. off 2018 um, to come away with five points and, and give the Tigers a real thrashing? Charlie, how do you see uh, this one panning out on Sunday, mate? Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of Tigers team turns up, to be honest, because uh, they looked very impressive in their victory against Quinns. Uh, obviously, turned around their, their run of form that was even worse than Bath's. So, uh, uh, I'm, I'm hoping, again, our pack is looking very fierce, and I think that's probably our our most dangerous weapon that we have. Uh so it'd be good if we if we could target them uh, perhaps up front. They have got a big pack as well, uh, but keep it tight. It's Christmas, um, <laughs> Christmas and cold and wet. Uh, Got to be positive, and uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that we'll be able to turn them over at home. Yeah, I think from my point of view, certainly. I think um, whereas last week against Wasps, it was it was perhaps the the front five of the pack, be it, be that the the front row and the second row. I think perhaps on on this occasion against Leicester, it may be actually the, the back row. I, I I see that as as perhaps an area of weakness for uh, Leicester, mm. uh, and it's without doubt an area of strength for Bath. Uh, with Zach Mercer not even not even getting in in the fifteen against uh, Leicester. It'll be interesting to see what we do with, with the balance of the back row because I once again thought all three of them that played well um, against Wasps. So I think that's an area where, where we'll really look to target. Um, I don't know what you, what you guys have made of, of Leicester's back row this season and, and whether you think that that's an area of, of weakness and therefore an area that we can perhaps exploit. I, th- I think we definitely ha- have the edge on paper. They are quite strong up front with the internationals that, that we've mentioned. But just looking at the back row that started against Quinns, Mike Fitzgerald, Guy Thompson, Sione Calamaphoni, I think we certainly have the edge there. I, 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 I've spoken about this for, for a couple of weeks and 
you know, Tom Ellis has played well, but I would really like to see a specialist number eight playing at number eight, both for the, you know, the carrying side of things, but also just for that little bit of control. And, you know, gee, when we were at the, yeah. at the Wasps game, I, 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 I noted to you that there was that incident when we had a scrum five from the, from the free kick at the line out. The scrum was really dominant at that point, and that was a perfect opportunity um, to probably get a penalty try there if we could push them over. Um, you know, a few times and potentially get a yellow card. And Francois Lowe just wasn't able to control the ball at the back of the base. He's not a specialist number eight. And I, I do think that the likes of Falatao and Mercer probably would have controlled that a bit better. And that's a really sort of crucial element of your, of your game when your scrum is, is so dominant. So um, I would like to see, again, Zach Mercer come back into the, come back into the number eight shirt and, and Francois Lowe uh, shift to blindside flanker where, it, where he has played a fair bit. I think that brings that uh, expansive running game and uh, uh, to the pack as well, which we which we sometimes sometimes have lacked. Um, but yeah, that, that's yeah, all I said. I'd agree with you, Tom. Definitely get Mercer in. As as, as you mentioned, the the Leicester back row isn't the most mobile. So having someone like Mercer who can uh, who can really take uh, take 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 those chances when um, when the game starts to open up, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be nice to. Uh, uh, get him back involved, uh, as you say. Uh, but otherwise, I think it, because of our backer options, it depends what game plan we really we, we really want to do going from week to week. Because we we were able to target areas, and I feel the past two weeks we've been targeting the breakdown quite a lot, which is why perhaps we've had we've had Ellis in there, we've had three flankers in uh, uh, making up our back row. Um, I, don't, I don't know what you boys think about that. So uh, it, perhaps getting slightly more mobile players in this week would uh, would, yeah, would would be a, be a positive yeah i think i think maybe this week is the week to to introduce mercer back i think we've had the luxury perhaps it's been a luxury to to kind of introduce him back into the fold slowly uh, not rushed him back because of the the strength we've got and because of Lowe's uh, ability to play at eight and because of the form of Tom Ellis. But I do agree, Tom. I, I noted that, that Lowe isn't a, a specialist eight. And, and, and it would be nice, I think, I would agree on this occasion, that, that, that to have Mercer back in and, and have the, the sort of, uh, the, that extra sort of dynamism and running game that he brings um, to, to the team. Uh, Charlie, who else? Um, have, you got, have you got anything else to say on that, mate? Or who else would uh, you... No, not, not, not really on the back row. I was just going to say... Uh... I think the, the the main point, the danger for us will be uh, in 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 the in the, well coming from the ex Bath man George Ford. He's playing extremely well at the moment, and uh, he's 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 able to pull the strings in that back line and really get them firing when he's on form. Uh, and we've mentioned already how our defence has improved uh, this last week, and so hopefully we can bring that on into next week and just improve further. Uh, because with the likes of Manitou Alangi. Running down, uh, uh, running down the midfield. It's uh, it's it, it's going to be a, a, a long day for those boys playing the centres if uh, if we don't click on day. Yeah, and speaking of the centres, this could be the the return of of Jonathan Joseph. He's he keeps getting pushed back another week, another week. But I believe that that they're aiming him at this game. So hopefully, um, he'll be back and he'll he'll start to develop that partnership with Jamie Roberts. So I think the coaches really, really want to to start to develop Tom. Yeah, and I think uh, Jonathan Joseph, or should I say Jonathan Marion Joseph? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Just the other one I forgot to mention um, is um, he'll be. I think he'll be. I, th- I think he'll be a crucial addition. I think. 
I think where, where Leicester have struggled this season isn't really up front, but it's when teams have been able to open them up and uh, in the backs and, and probably take advantage of their slightly weaker defence this season. You know, you look at the, the big losses this season against Gloucester with, with Cipriani playing and also against Bristol, who, as we know, play that really expansive style. Racing Metro, um, obviously, they also really struggled against. So um, if we can get Jonathan Joseph back and we can continue to develop this attacking structure that we're starting to to, to see, um, we could uh, uh, sort of have a bit of a rerun of the, of the semi-final that we... Uh, we were nostalgic about a few weeks ago and uh, try and open them up a little bit wider. But um, yeah, I won't be holding my breath on that one. Uh, so let's, uh, we, as I say, I got my uh, prediction absolutely spot on last week. Uh, so let, let's get one this week, guys. And, and Charlie, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, what, is your, what is your prediction? I, I'm assuming uh, you seem to be in a pretty festive mood. I'm assuming a Bath win, but how many points uh, are we going to do it by on Sunday? Yeah, you're right there, Gabriel. I am going to be predicting a Bath win. Uh, I feel, I feel <laughs> like we, we're perhaps starting to turn a corner. I think this game will, uh, will, will answer the question. Um, so uh, I'm going to go Bath. No bonus point, I don't feel. Uh, but I'm going to go do Bath by 12, please. Please. <laughs> is that your Christmas wish? <laughs> yeah, it's my Christmas wish. Oh, if you want a Christmas wish, a bath by 40 would be the 12, the 12, the 12, nothing, the... nothing, nothing I like more than beating Tigers. 12 days of Christmas. <sighs> one for every point we beat Tigers by. Tom, what um, do you reckon? I, yeah, I, I'm quite optimistic about one, this one. I think it's going to be a great, um, a great occasion at the wreck. It's already a sold-out crowd. Um, if we can get Jonathan Joseph back, that'll be just a, an extra sort of sweetener to that to that whole occasion and it's very important in terms of sort of league positions as well with us in sixth and and, and them in seventh both locked on on 23 points so massive game massive occasion and uh going to the Rico Arena has, has given me confidence that I think we can we can pull this one out of the bag so uh I think it'll be quite a tight affair up front um, um in, in in the forwards but I'll go Bath by seven yeah, I, I agree with you boys and I, I think we are going to get the bonus point try on this occasion. It's so, <laughs> Shock. <yeah. laughs> it is something that we, we have struggled to do uh, this season, which has been disappointing. Uh, so I think Leicester's, Leicester's defence um, will is leaky this season, as they've proved on a number of occasions. And I think we'll be able to take advantage of that, especially if, if Mercer and Joseph are back into the fold. And, and I think our defence has really improved, uh, certainly this week and, and in the home game against Leinster. So I think we should be able to hold yeah. them out. And, and I'm reasonably confident about, about this, uh, this upcoming game on Sunday. So I'm going to go uh, Bath by 15 points uh, to, to complete the full house and, 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 and give, a, give a nice Christmas present um, to, to the Bath fans, please, uh, lads, because uh, we, had a, we had a good win against uh, Wasps. But, but to go back to back would really cement our position in the top six and, and start to push us to the top four. With, um, with, with a view to those, you know, those three games that I mentioned, Worcester, Newcastle and, and Saints, um, if we can if we can win those ones as well, suddenly, um, you know, in that month period, we've gone from talking about potentially being in the scrap for relegation to to being in in contention for top four. So, uh, you know, th- this this tightness in league table can be um, can be really tough for for supporters and for and for clubs, but also it can catapult you up up league positions uh, in a matter of weeks. So, um, again, massive couple of weeks for uh, for, for the club. Yeah, anyway, that, that caps on the podcast. Uh, as I say at the start, it is Christmas Eve, so uh, we're going we're gonna to call it there uh, and go and enjoy a couple of beers to celebrate uh, Bath's win yesterday. Um, as I say, thank you ex- very much for listening. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, 
get in touch with us on Twitter at Bath Rugby Plug. We're also on Facebook. Um, we're interacting as well on the on the Bath Rugby supporters group on Facebook, which is a really brilliant forum, uh, as well as this podcast, to, to for Bath fans to talk about uh, the problems with the, the club and, and the positive aspects of the club. Um, so do check that out and, and check us out on Facebook as well. Uh, and if you can't do either of those things, then, then drop us an email. Uh, we're bathrugbyplug at gmail.com. Um, and last of all, have a, have a very Merry Christmas. Um, and we'll be with you uh, probably uh, either just before the New Year or, or just after. Um, we, need to, we need to arrange that amongst ourselves. But have a very Merry Christmas, uh, a brilliant New Year. Um, and, and, and yeah, thank you for listening. Um, and thanks for joining me, Tom. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas. And cheers, Charlie. Have a great Christmas, mate. Cheers, guys. And thank you, Tom. You've uh, really made my Christmas. I'm now going to spend... Uh... I think my Christmas Eve just going through team sheets trying to come up with rugby Christmas related. <laughs> oh, you you so know you know how much. to have a good time, mate. You really do. <laughs> cheers, boys, and thanks yeah. for listening. Right, cheers, guys.